Welcome to the Hacking Happy Podcast, a podcast designed to arm you with the tools and experiments that enable you to define happiness on your terms and inject more of it into each day. I'm your host, Penny Lacasso. I'm the world's first happiness hacker, and I have a bold mission, a mission to teach 10 million humans how to realize happiness on their terms by 2025. So if you're ready to ignite your self-belief and inject more of what makes you feel good into each day, let's get started. Hello, welcome to another episode of the Hacking Happy podcast. This week, I want to talk about something that I'm sure many of you can relate to, um, especially in the context of how we now find ourselves working, especially those of us who spend most of our time now working from home, which might be extremely different to the way that you worked 18 months ago. Today, I want to ask a question. And my question is this, are you feeling zoomed out? Why do I ask? Well, I'll share a little story in a moment, but I thought what I might do in this particular podcast is start to explore how your extended time on Zoom, if that is the case, is affecting you and how you can get creative to actually offset the negative impacts of sitting on Zoom for hours on end. So let me start with a little story and why I wanted to talk about this topic. Now, many of you will know that I am currently undertaking my yoga teacher training, which I am freaking loving and has been a really amazing experience in terms of the learning, but equally what has been truly magical is the beautiful humans and the friends that I have made as part of that process. And it's one of the first opportunities that I have had in a very long time to actually learn in a room with other humans. And it's part of the reason why I signed up to do it was because I couldn't wait to get in a room with other people who were like-minded and wanted to learn about yoga. So we got up to five weeks of our yoga teacher training, which was amazing. We had three weeks to go and Melbourne went into lockdown 4.0. Now, the amazing humans that have been running this program obviously had no choice but to move um, our learning online which uh, meant that we could continue on. So, I mean, this is the beauty of Zoom, that we don't have to grind to a halt because the world's gone into a pandemic and we can't actually physically be with each other. So at least I suppose we were lucky to have the option and I was grateful for that. But what ended up happening was that we sat, or I sat with my peers, looking at a screen for 20 hours over the weekend. Um, which was the substitute for doing our learning face-to-face. I had never in all my life spent so long on Zoom. And when it got to the end of the weekend, I felt like my soul had been sucked out. And I wonder if you can relate to that feeling. I had a massive headache. My brain just wouldn't take in any more information, even though the content that we were learning was stuff that I was massively, massively interested in and hugely passionate about. When it ended, I literally couldn't look at another screen for the rest of the the afternoon or into that evening. I just felt like my vision was blurred. 
Now, this experience, whilst it's extreme, you know, we're not all spending 20 hours on a weekend on Zoom, but I'm sure there's a lot of you listening to this that are spending a shitload of time on Zoom every day in your working week. I know, I know so many people that are spending hours and hours each day on Zoom, not to mention kids who are having to do learning at home. Now, as I said, whilst my experience was an extreme example, it made me massively curious about how our dependence on Zoom in the COVID world is impacting our physical and our mental health, along with our ability to be effective in whatever it is that we're working on. So here are a couple of the facts about the impacts of long-term Zoom use that I have discovered from my curiosity. And I'm interested as I read these through, what resonates with you? What of this do you agree with, disagree with? I'm, I'm really curious. So the first one is being on Zoom is distracting compared to being in a meeting room physically with other people or in a training room or a workshop, whatever it is, but actually physically being in a room where you're focused on whatever the subject matter is. Now, the reason it's so distracting is because at your fingertips, you know, you have got all of these opportunities to take yourself all over your computer. You can check your email while you're on your Zoom meeting. You can check your socials, read the news. And I wonder, when you're on a Zoom call and boredom kicks in, where do you go? And are you guilty of this? I know I am, um, which is why I share it. Now, constant darting around on our computers whilst listening and pretending to be a part of a Zoom call impacts our long-term ability to focus, yeah? We're wiring our brains for distraction, not to mention we're not in the present moment and we are not participating in the Zoom call that we're on. The research shows that multitasking does not make us more productive. It actually has an inverse relationship to productivity. So that's the first thing. The second fact is that Zoom fatigue is a real thing. Google it. You'll be astounded at the amount of articles out there from very reputable sources from the Harvard Business Review through Stanford talking about how real this problem is and also about the research that's being undertaken to gain insight into what we're talking about today, long-term impacts. Now, if we look at Wikipedia, Zoom fatigue is defined as tiredness, worry or burnout associated with the overuse of virtual platforms of communication, particularly video conferencing. Now, what's fascinating is that there is a growing body of evidence around the psychological impacts of being on Zoom long term. And like I said, you just, you can't not find it if you Google it. Now, I'm going to cut and paste. I'm going to throw into the show notes a number of links of some of the interesting articles that I've come across from reputable sources if you are curious in learning more about Zoom fatigue. Now, one of the articles that I came across, which referenced an amazing human called Professor Jeremy Balenson, who is the founding director of the Stanford Virtual Human Interaction Lab, it was fascinating. Yeah, so this article basically interviewed Jeremy 
And he's been studying the psychological consequences of spending long hours per day on platforms like Zoom. Some of the things that he has discovered through his research linked to exactly the things that many of us, I have no doubt, are experiencing. So we've spoken about distraction. The next thing um, that Zoom does over an extended period of time is it impacts your mobility significantly because you are sitting for long periods of time staring at a screen. And we are now doing this more than ever because most of us are working from home and every connect that we have is via some sort of video conferencing platform or via Zoom. And the other thing we know is that sitting is the new smoking, right? Like we've been saying this for years now. Now, Jeremy Balanson, the researcher, said that there's a growing amount of research now that says people, when they are moving, are actually performing better cognitively. So if you're in a meeting room and you're moving around that room in a workshop environment or a training environment, you are performing or your brain is doing much more effective work than if you are just sitting still looking at a computer screen. When was the last time, here's my next one, I loved this. When was the last time you sat in a meeting and held a mirror in front of your face while you participated in that meeting and just looked in the mirror? Sounds crazy, right? Well, according to Jeremy Balanson, that's pretty much what you are doing when you are on Zoom. And it weirds out our brains and it's exhausting, yeah? So he says that you see a reflection of yourself and the reality is when we see that reflection of ourselves, we are way more critical of ourselves naturally. It's extremely taxing on us to continuously look at ourselves on a screen. It's not normal, it's stressful. And there's lots of research showing that there are negative emotional consequences of seeing yourself in this mirror-like reflection on an ongoing basis. Hey, I thought I might just press pause briefly and ask you a question. Are you a leader with a deep-seated passion for developing adaptable people who thrive both in and out of work? But do you have a team that is busy, burnt out and overwhelmed by uncertainty? If the answer is a massive hell to the yes, why not bring a little hacking happy into your workplace? Check out my new range of keynotes and programs that can help you amplify the potential and most importantly, the happiness of your people. Go to hackinghappy.co to find out more. And now back to the podcast. The next fact around long periods on Zoom is that the cognitive load on Zoom, so the pressure or the stress on your brain is much higher than face-to-face -face interaction because your brain has to work so much harder to read a room that is one-dimensional, to read human behaviour, all of the little nuances, the things that are so much easier to pick up when you're physically present. The brain has to really work hard to try and see those things across multiple people who are staring back at you from the screen. And that cognitive load, that extra stress on the brain is just another means to fatigue us. <sighs> so if, what's so fascinating about this research, and I sigh because I just like far out, you know, like Zoom has been amazing in that it's enabled us to stay connected in a pandemic. But now we need to 
we need to get creative. We need to set up some, you know, some best practices, some ways to start to address the fact that it's got us so stagnated and so cognitively overloaded. What I found extremely fascinating when I did some research about Zoom fatigue is that Stanford, a number of researchers there, have actually created a Zoom exhaustion and fatigue scale. And this is off the back of them, of Stanford University in the US, having so many schools and large organizations approach them to better understand how they can create best practices for video conferencing. Because organizations and schools like us are completely aware of the fact that, you know, it, it's it's not that healthy. Now, I would, I'll pop in the show notes, the survey or the assessment to actually understand what your Zoom exhaustion and fatigue scale is. I took the assessment. It's, it's interesting. The questions it asks are fascinating. And at the end, it gives you a score um, based on your emotional fatigue, your motivational fatigue, your screen fatigue. There's about five different fatigue indicators, which, yeah, really intriguing. Some of the questions they ask that you might want to ask yourself to create greater awareness around how Zoom might be impacting you. Things like, how exhausted do you feel after you've been on a video conference? How irritated do your eyes feel afterwards? How much do you tend to avoid social situations after video conferencing? How emotionally drained do you feel after a video conference? And how often do you feel too tired to do other things? after a video conference. So really interesting questions. Highly recommend the assessment because as I always say, awareness is the first step to change. So understanding what is going on inside of you when you are interacting with Zoom is powerful. Now asking these simple questions that I've just shared with you off the back of this Zoom exhaustion and fatigue scale, as I mentioned, creates awareness of the impact, but it also gives you the opportunity to look at what small changes you can make or suggest really important or suggest to your workplace to reduce the impacts of Zoom fatigue. So what can you do if you find yourself Zoomed out or what can you do if you are a leader to help your people avoid being Zoomed out and over-Zoomed? Couple of really simple suggestions, a couple of things I've employed, a couple of things that I've found online. First one I would recommend is if you can afford it and they're not that expensive, especially if you go to Ikea, Buy yourself a standing desk. I bought one probably about eight months ago and it's a game changer. I stand probably half the day when I'm at my desk and it's amazing to me how when I'm standing, I'm actually I'm more effective, I'm more productive and it's like my brain is heightened in getting more easily into that state of flow. So try it. Try standing desk, highly recommend it. And it certainly um, helps alleviate that long-term sitting that we were talking about earlier. Allow 10-minute breaks between each Zoom meeting. And when you are between meetings, get up and move away from the screen. And if you can, just go outside and stretch your legs for five minutes. Now, not everyone can do that. And as I say, I am sharing a range of options to help stimulate your creative juices on what is within your control that you can do to alleviate some of your Zoom fatigue if you're experiencing it. This one has been a game changer for me and I've been employing it a lot lately. Make some of your Zoom meetings audio only. So just suggest with your colleagues that you still use Zoom as the platform, but maybe you all jump in via your phone and everyone turns their cameras off and it's like an audio meeting. 
and suggest that perhaps everyone go for a walk while you have the meeting. So you're moving, you're not visually overstimulated or carrying that cognitive load that we spoke about earlier, and you're still able to work through whatever it is that you need to work through with your peers. Next up, ask a simple question. Could we have this meeting in person? Human connection in the current environment has so many health and happiness benefits. And I think if there is an option for you to connect with someone humanly uh, and you can make it work, knock yourself out. So many of us, I know, especially those of us who have been through multiple lockdowns over the last 12 months, are starved for human connection. So, you know, grab that coffee, go meet that human in person. So much more effective and so much better for your energy levels and your mental health. Next up, look at the structure of the sessions. If you are leading a session on Zoom, look at the structure of the sessions you are running on Zoom. So one of the things that I have observed is that we've had to adapt very quickly, right, to Zoom. And so people who were very good at running workshops in a face-to-face environment or training programs in a face-to-face environment don't have the skills necessarily to be able to understand that they need to change how they deliver that workshop or that training if it is going to be delivered on Zoom. It is fundamentally different. It's a totally different communication channel uh, to face-to-face. And you can't just pick up something that you were delivering face-to-face. Trust me, I know this. I've been delivering face-to-face programs for years and speaking to large audiences. You can't just pick it up and throw it online. It will not be effective in terms of what people absorb, how people engage with what you're saying. So consider how you adapt your workshop, your training, your meeting to keep people not only engaged but energised in the process. Like there's no reason you can't get people moving on Zoom. I do it all the time. So a couple of little guidelines that I've started to play with that I found really helpful. 10-minute breaks for every hour that you're on Zoom. If you're going to be on Zoom for hours on end for longer training or workshops or whatever it is that you're doing. Try what I call the 20-20-20 rule. And so split every hour into 20-minute blocks, 20 minutes of content, 20 minutes of activity to keep people energized. You might want to use breakout rooms to do that and put people into smaller groups and 20 minutes of sharing in every hour. You might want to run audio-only sessions to break up these long periods that you have on Zoom if you've got a three- or a four-hour training program consider running one session like I suggested earlier as an audio only and recommend that everyone gets up and goes for a walk while you have this conversation. The last thing that I would highly recommend, again, speaking from experience, I don't recommend more than four hours a day teaching, whether it's running workshops or delivering training on Zoom. If you want your learning to be absorbed and effective. If you're running a session across a period a period of time like that, four hours, make sure you have a decent break at the two-hour point and make sure that you plug in energizers to get people moving and little human connection activities because what I've noticed is often we, um, because we're on Zoom and we're trying to work to a finite period, it's all become about the topic 
or getting the problem solved. And what we often miss is that random human connection, that spontaneity, those little conversations that we used to have when we were all walking into the meeting room or when we were all, you know, settling down and waiting for other people. Often I found that was where the magic used to happen. And more often than not, we have not allowed any space for that in the way that we engage on Zoom. So just a couple of little suggestions that hopefully can help you avoid feeling how I felt the other week, like my soul had been sucked out and help you um, manage how you sit on Zoom in a way that is intentional and meaningful and makes you feel good, not shit. My last ask is this, if you have found some really creative ways to navigate Zoom and reduce your Zoom fatigue, I would love to hear from you. Please feel free to reach out. You can either DM me on Instagram, Hacking Happy Co is where you'll find me there, or you can send me an email, hello at hackinghappy.co. As I said, I would love to hear from you. I'm always open to hearing creative ideas on how we can feel better in each day. So until next time, happiness looks good on you. Have a beautiful week and I'll be back in your ears next week. Bye for now. Thanks for joining me for today's episode of the Hacking Happy podcast. If there was something that ignited a flame or sparked a thought within you from this conversation, please take a screenshot and share it on your preferred social media platform. Feel free to tag me in Hacking Happy Co or Penny LaCalso. Reviews are so important to reaching my goal of making 10 million beautiful humans just like yourself happier. So if you enjoyed your listen, please take a moment, leave a review and a rating on your preferred podcast listening platform. Until the next episode, remember, happiness looks good on you. Bye for now.